Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. I want to get right into uh, my last portion of this assignment because God specifically dealt with me about speaking on the saying part of faith and the praying part of faith. And I've been able to cover the saying part of faith. And tonight we're going to hit it on home with the praying part of faith. Amen. And we have been using as a foundation for this teaching, uh, first of all would be 2 Corinthians 4, 13, that says, we having the same spirit of faith believe, we therefore believing, therefore we speak. So we have the same spirit of faith, and it's a, we're identifying the spirit of faith, and it says, the spirit of faith believes and speaks. And so we have uh, recognized that faith has not completed the equation until both of those actions have taken place. Not just the believing, but also the application of that, the faith transaction that provides a receipt, that speaking part. And then we also looked at Mark 11, and I do want to turn to that one. And let's read again verse 23 as another portion of this foundation. And uh, in Mark 11, 23, Jesus is giving us an outline for the application of faith. And he said in the previous verse, have faith in God. My center column reference says, have the faith of God. The question that he is responding to is how, what happened to the fig tree happened. They are shocked. They are amazed at looking at the fig tree and they say, Master, look at the fig tree that you cursed. And they're saying it with a, an amazement that it actually worked. What you said has actually happened. And evidently happened pretty quick because he was just there and speaking to the fig tree the day before. And so this declaration of amazement is what Jesus is responding to when he says, have the faith of God, use the faith of God, operate the faith of God. Then verse 23 gives us even greater witness that that's what he's trying to say. He's not saying, oh, come on, just believe God. He's instead saying, you can use the faith of God like I use the faith of God. And then in verse 23, he goes on to explain the details of operating or utilizing the faith of God. Whoever says unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. So whoever will speak to this situation, this inanimate object in this case 
But you can also, we know that Jesus spoke to a fever that was in Peter's mother-in-law. We know that Jesus spoke to the wind. He spoke to waves. He, he spoke to a dead man to raise. Amen. So it, this isn't just a mountain and it's not just a tree. He, any of the situations that he wanted to affect change in, that he wanted to deal with, that he wanted to dominate and alter the course that they were on, he used his words. And so he said, whosoever will use their words that way and say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, not doubting in his heart. Not only are, does he have to say a bold declaration, a commandment to that situation or circumstance or thing, not only does he need to make a declaration, a commandment of what he wants it to do, how he wants it to turn, but he needs to make it in a way that his heart maintains that declaration and doesn't switch on him over into doubting. So he has to say it, believing and not doubting in his heart. Notice, but believing that those things which he says shall come to pass. So when he speaks it, he has to believe, I'm speaking to this mountain. I'm speaking to this fever. I'm speaking to these waves. I'm speaking to this wind. I'm speaking to the financial situation of my life. I'm speaking to my body. And I believe that what I'm speaking, it will hear me and it will obey me. I believe the things I say have power to dominate here. I believe the things I say have the authority to alter the course of what I'm speaking to. And that was the great faith that the centurion in Matthew chapter 8 identified because he said, your word is enough. If you'll just speak the word, my servant will be healed. So he had faith that the words of Jesus, he said, you don't have to come in. I'm not, I'm not even depending on the anointing that would transmit if you put my, your hands on my servant. If you'll just speak the word, it'll do It'll do all that needs to be done in my situation. So he had confidence that the word had authority, that the word of Jesus had authority. We have to have confidence that God's word in our mouth has authority. It will not return to us void. It will accomplish what we send it to do. So he said, you have to believe the words you speak will come to pass. And then he says, that person will have whatsoever he says. Now, he has just given us the workings of faith, the application of faith. Those are the main components that need to be operative for faith to function effectively. But verse 24 goes a step further, and he identifies that all of faith's ability can be utilized in the vehicle of prayer. That faith, he didn't say anything in verse 23 about praying to God. He told you how to use God's faith. In verse 23, you're using God's faith because God authorized you and you have prepared yourself by putting it in your heart because you can't believe the things you, come to, you say come to pass without the word of God being involved in what you say. Amen? 
So faith only comes by the word. So for you to have words filled with faith, you've already deposited the word in you at some point. Amen? So when he says here in verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, the word therefore is a key that everything I've said in verse 23, now let's take it and apply it to prayer. That's why, therefore, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray. So now he's talking about prayer. He was not talking about prayer in verse 23. He was talking about how to operate faith. And prayer wasn't a requisite. It was not a required part of the operation of faith. But faith is a, desire, is a required part of the operation of prayer. You don't have to pray to operate faith, but you have to have, uh, you don't, you have, to have faith to operate prayer. You don't have to have prayer to operate faith, but you have to have faith to operate prayer. Did I say it right that time? I might not have said it right the first time. I've got to say it again. Have mercy on people who speak in public. Because sometimes they know what they're trying to say and it doesn't come out the right way. So let me say it one more time just to make sure I got it right. Okay, here. Are you ready? You don't have to use prayer to operate faith, but you have to have faith to operate prayer. The prayer of faith is effective prayer. Every type of prayer requires faith to operate. The prayer of intercession, you need faith. The prayer of consecration, you need faith. The prayer of supplication, you need faith. The prayer of, of, of thanksgiving, you need faith. The prayer of praise and worship, you need faith. All types of prayer require faith but not all types of prayer are the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is speaking of something that is yours by covenant, that you are utilizing the operation of faith in that vehicle of prayer. That's the easiest way for me to describe prayer. Prayer is like the rocket ship that is transporting the petition. You put it in the vehicle of prayer and you send that, that, if you will, to heaven. We know that God is here answering us, but we're talking about a vehicle that we put our petition in. Amen? And so when, when we look at faith, we want to know the difference between the saying part of faith and the praying part of faith because there are some things that we see Jesus did not pray to the Father about. He used his faith and he dealt with the fever. As we said, he spoke to it. He spoke to people who were sick to heal them. He used words of faith. He gave them faith commands. He said, rise, take up your bed and walk. He didn't say, Father, heal this man. You don't see him saying that. The only time he even references the father is at the tomb of Lazarus and says, Father, you have already heard me. You always hear me. And I'm saying this for the sake of those who are standing around me. Amen? He knew he was already authorized. He said, I only say the words my father has told me to say. My father has given me a commandment, a prescription, an injunction of exactly what I'm to say. And I only say what my father tells me to say. So his words were authorized by God. 
and his words were used most often to deal with sickness. Amen? To heal, he used the words to transmit healing power. He used words of faith. There was a man in the book of Acts, and Paul was preaching. And this man heard Paul preach. And as Paul was preaching, he looked at him, and he identified that man has faith to be healed. He didn't get faith to be healed by hands being laid on him. He didn't get faith to be healed by uh, uh, a, a miraculous touch or a miraculous visitation from God. He got faith to be healed because Paul was preaching the gospel and the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Paul was preaching, hadn't laid hands on him, hadn't transmitted the anointing and those are ways of, of transmitting healing. But this man got faith to be healed by hearing the word preached. Amen? So the word contains faith and faith uh, that is in the heart is because the word has put it there. Amen. We've been feeding on the word and faith has come. And now that we have faith and we know there are some things we're going to deal with by speaking to them, but then we recognize there are some things that we are going to operate prayer, the vehicle of prayer, the operation of prayer for me to use faith in prayer, and that's most generally those things that I need to make petition to God for, or, let me add this, or things that I am making, a, placing a demand on a covenant provision. There are some things in our covenant provision that it's appropriate for us to use the vehicle of prayer and access those not asking in a way that we might contemplate being denied, but saying, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I, I, I request uh, uh, an increase of, of $500 in my finances this month because I need to replace such and such on my vehicle. I need new tires or whatever. Father, I'm placing a demand uh, for an increase for new tires. And you said, whatsoever things I need when I pray, whatsoever things I desire when I pray, believe that I receive them. So, Father, I make a request right now in the name of Jesus and I'm using faith and I'm using the vehicle to prayer to go to God to ask something that is mine by a covenant provision. It's not something that I'm trying to twist God's arm and say, and God's like, I'm not sure about that. I'll have to think about it and get back with you. God knows. He's already said, if you have a need, I want to be the God who supplies your need. Amen? My God shall supply all your need. He said, I want to be Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. You come and you get what you need from the covenant that I have established with you and all things uh, that pertain unto life and godliness. He's already blessed us with those things. So then the, the prayer can act like a withdrawal slip. So there are, when we, we talked about the saying part of faith, we, we used an illustration of having money in the bank, but that money in the bank does not give you permission to take a dress or a, a pair of pants or a pair of shoes out of the store. They're going to stop you at the door, and you telling them, I've got money in the bank is not going to be sufficient to answer while you're walking out the door with their pants, their shoes, their dress because it has not yet come into your possession. For it to come into your possession, 
There needs to be something that is making the transaction from your bank account into their possession. And that's why we utilize the, we can say we can have faith in our heart, but just because we have faith in our heart doesn't mean that we have made the transaction. But when I apply that faith with my words and I say, I believe that I receive. When I say, when I make that transaction, Father, I am the healed of the Lord. By your stripes, I am healed. With the heart, man believes unto right standing. That right standing is she has the right to be healed because she believes it. You can't receive it if you don't believe it. If you don't believe that by his stripes you're healed, you can't receive it. If you don't believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin, you can't receive what he accomplished by dying on the cross to pay for your sin. You have to believe he paid for my sin. My sin is washed by the blood of Jesus because he became a curse for me. He was cursed for me. He became sin for me. I believe it. And, and God can see that righteousness and say, you have a right to be washed because you believe it. That that righteousness is accounted, that, that faith is accounted or equal to right standing. The faith in the shed blood is equal to right standing. The faith in the stripes on Jesus' back is equal to healing. The faith in, it, so you have the money in the bank, but where's the receipt? They're going to stop you at the door and if you don't have a receipt, it doesn't matter that you have the money in the bank. You've got to show that a transaction has been made. And when you say, by his stripes I am healed, your voice imprints a receipt in the spirit realm that goes on record. It goes on record. You know, there's a record of the day you accepted Jesus as Lord. And if Satan ever tries to get in God's face and says, it's not right for you to save her. It is not right for you to redeem her. God can pull out her receipt and say she believed in her heart. And she declared with her mouth. She believed that God raised, her from, God raised Jesus from the dead. And she declared with her mouth that Jesus is her Lord. I have every right. I have the receipt of her salvation. That same application is true concerning our healing, concerning our financial prosperity. He became cursed so that I could become blessed. He became poor with poverty so that I could be rich. I have to believe it, but believing it is not the end. We having the same spirit of faith believe, therefore we speak. And so that speaking imprints the receipt that goes on record that God can pull out at any time and say, Carrie believed that by his stripes she was healed. Here is her receipt and that's why I have legally healed her. Amen? Amen. Amen? Legally. It is, it is there on record. So that's the saying part. Well, where, what's the praying part? Praying is when you are accessing something. If you go into the bank and it's your money in the bank and you say, I want you to give me $500, they are going to require either a check with your signature or a withdrawal slip. Both of those work like a withdrawal slip. And that withdrawal slip is a necessary form so that 
it's protecting your money to make sure nobody else just walks in and says they're you, right? It's protecting your money because that money belongs to you. You have every right to withdraw it. And the prayer of faith is operative for things that rightfully belong to us. By covenant, they rightfully belong to us and we are withdrawing them from our account. And we're using faith in the vehicle of prayer to say, Father, I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, or I thank you, Father, that you have given me all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And this situation has arisen with my vehicle or with my uh, air conditioner or a refrigerator or whatever. And so, Father, I lay hold of that provision of supply and I thank you for it and I receive in Jesus' name. I'm using that like a withdrawal slip to access what is belonging to me. Amen? So, let's talk a little bit about this this withdrawal slip, this praying in faith, the prayer of faith. And again, there are other types of prayer that are very important to us. Supplication, intercession, consecration, the prayer of thanksgiving, the prayer of praise and worship. There are, are uh, uh, did I say intercession? Uh, those are, are very important prayers and Faith will be utilized in each one of those, but they have different rules that follow them. For instance, in the prayer of consecration, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane consecrating himself to the will of God, and he said, Father, if it be your will... You would never use the word if in the prayer of faith. It would be a violation of faith to say, Father, if it's your desire to heal me. Because then the faith isn't in it. The faith is in the fact that I know it's his desire to heal me because by his stripes he already purchased it. So it would be inappropriate. It would be a violation of rules in faith for me to say, Father, if you want to heal me. Or, Father, if you want to bless me. So I'm talking about in the prayer of faith, I'm talking about things that we know from the Word of God. And so for there to be the faith to receive, you've got to have Scripture on it. So we're breaking it down and talking about a detail because, sadly, I've seen people get uh, uh, really excited and exuberant about the idea without the foundation and the structure. And I, I remember having a, a dear sister, bless her heart, who I taught, I mean, she said under teachings that I, in it, I helped her learn foundations of faith. And then somewhere along the way, she decided she was going to use her faith to marry my husband. So there's no scripture. Thus saith the Lord, you can take my husband. No, no. And so we want to have an understanding that, yes, faith is a, a powerful force in the kingdom of God, but love governs it, first of all. And love works no ill to, some, to take somebody else's husband or wife, right? 
So, so love wasn't governing that. And also there was no scripture for it. And so if we don't have scripture, we don't have faith for it. So when we're talking about the prayer of faith to lay hold of things or lay hold of provisions or spiritual supplies, then we're looking to see what God has granted in the covenant, what he has already made a provision, what's in my account. I can't withdraw something that's not in my account. And I can't use the prayer of faith for something God hasn't promised. The prayer of faith operates because I have a scripture as the basis of the faith that I'm putting in that vehicle of prayer. Hallelujah. I just saved y'all a whole lot of trouble right there. Now, you know, if, I, if I've got to have Bible faith, you have to have Bible and so that's why whenever you hear Brother Hagen's teachings about how to have uh, answered prayer or seven steps to prayer that brings results, you know what step number one is in all of those teachings? Because it's the same outline, and he preached it everywhere he was doing a prayer seminar. He would go to those seven steps of prayer. And number one is find a scripture to base your prayer on. <laughs> And then he said, you've got to then meditate on that scripture. But, he, but number three, I think, is ask. He, he doesn't get to ask until he says, find the scripture, and then meditate on that scripture. Meditate on that scripture until you actually have some faith to ask for it. Focus on it. Eat on it. Chew on it. You know, there was a time when he was on the road preaching on healing, having healing crusades, laying hands and seeing people supernaturally get healed by God. And he got word from his wife that his daughter was sick. And he said, I went and I preached the sermons that I was preaching on healing and I taught the messages that I was teaching on healing, but I added extra time during the day after I had studied for my sermons, I spent extra time feeding on healing scriptures. And then I would spend time in the evening after the service, uh, before bed, feeding on scriptures about healing. Even though he was preaching it, even though he was ministering it, for him to ask for it, he stopped and added extra time for him to feed on those scriptures or meditate on those healing scriptures before he prayed. He didn't just jump up and say, I know what the promise is. I know what belongs to me. I know that, that it's my right to ask for her healing. He took three days and meditated on those scriptures, spending hours extra each day just for the purpose of feeding on those scriptures before he prayed about it. Amen? And that was his normal way to deal with something asking uh, for healing in that way, is that he would feed on the scriptures himself in addition to whatever studying he was doing for his ministering because he wasn't just ministering, he wasn't just feeding out of one place. He had to feed for the ministering and he had to feed for his own faith. That's important. That's important. He had to feed for what he was doing in the position of ministering, and then he had to take extra to feed for what he needed to ask for his own faith. So we're looking at this 
this, and I want to go now to Matthew chapter 7, and let's look at a, a little bit about this action of asking, this asking in faith that Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So Matthew 7 verse 7 says, ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you, for every one that asks receives. Is that in red in your Bible? That would just makes me want to get up and shout. Just go ahead. Does that excite you the way it excites me? Everyone that asks in Jesus' own words receives. Hallelujah. He said this is a spiritual law. This is emphatic. This isn't sometimes and sometimes God says yes and sometimes God says no and sometimes God says maybe and sometimes God says later. Chapter and verse for all that. Jesus said everyone that asks receives. I don't see any later, sometimes, maybe next time in that verse. Everyone that asks receives. He's talking about spiritual law. He said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be. Shall, shall, shall. Those are covenant terms. Shall is a covenant. It shall be given you. You shall find. It shall be open to you. For everyone that asks receives. And he that seeks finds. And to him that knocks it shall be opened. So why then do some people think, well, if God wants me to have it, it'll just happen. If God wants me to get it, I'll get it. If God, if God wants it, according to this verse, it's not whether or not, it's not all up to God. We'll put it that way. According to this verse, God can want it for me, but he still needs me to ask. He can desire it and have already provided it. Why? Because I can't pull money out of my bank account without a bank withdrawal slip. It's my money. It belongs to me. It's my healing. Jesus bought it for me. And it is safely in my account. And whenever I need it, I can access. There's enough healing in my account that I never have to be sick another day in my life. But if I don't pull it out of the account and apply it to my life, if I don't withdraw it into manifestation, and faith is the means by which we withdraw from our heavenly provision, from our covenant provision, and bring it into manifestation in our life. Romans, hold your place here. Romans 4 tells us why. Verse 16. It is of faith that it might be by grace. Whose, whose part is faith? That's our part. Whose part is grace? God's part. 
So it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end. This is the reason. This is the end result that God chose when he set this system of faith and grace for the purpose that in the end result is the promise is steadfast, sure, stable to all of us. So because God has already supplied by His grace and Jesus of His fullness we have all received, grace heaped upon grace and spiritual blessing heaped upon spiritual blessing. I'm quoting from John chapter 1, the Amplified Bible. Because God has already made this fullness of grace available in Christ, right? And then He gave us His faith to use so that it never has to be maybe or later for you. So that you never have to go to God and say, okay, God, let me see if I can get it. Oh, man, snake eyes. <laughs> Didn't get it that time, right? Come on, 7-Eleven. Come on, baby, 7-Eleven. Come on. No, God's not like that. You're not shooting dice with God when you pray. You're not, you're not throwing lottery numbers out there with God when you pray. You're never waiting on the luck of the draw. It's sure to you. It's steadfast to you. It's stable to you. Why? Because this is the method God chose. It's faith. And, and God gave you his own faith and his word to produce as much of it as you need. Do you see the unlimitedness of this? You, you have been given the measure of faith. All the faith you'll ever need. You have a spirit designed to operate it. All you have to do is load it. Load the faith into your spirit. Load the word. This is the containers of faith right here. There's faith in every word that God ever spoke. God's never spoke a word that was faithless. Every word of God is full of power. Full of what kind of power? Creative power. Healing power. Overcoming power. If you'll take the word and put it in your heart, it produces faith and the promise is always sure. The promise is always, I believe I receive. This is the confidence we have when we ask him anything. We know if he hears us, we have the petitions we've asked of him. We need to have that confidence. We need to develop that confidence. It is, it is the high watermark. That's what we want to attain. That I have confidence that God hears me. And I know if he hears me, I have it. He hears me, I have it. That's the surety. That's the stability. That's the, the confidence in prayer that God wants every one of us to operate. And that's why Jesus can say, everyone that asks, receives. Everyone that asks, receives. Hallelujah. Look also with me at uh, verse 9. Of what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then being evil, not you but them, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask? So the emphasis of this is the asking. 
And when you ask, God gives. When you ask, it says, and, and much more. How much more? If you, being a natural person, you know how to good give, give good gifts to your children, how much more? And God being love personified, God himself being love and blessing and goodness, how much more will he not give you good to them that ask him? So asking is the emphasis here. Now, the asking needs to be accurate. And again, I'll take you back to that step number one that Brother Hagin always went again. We need the word. The word makes it accurate in the asking. Because it has to, if you're asking with the prayer of faith, it has to be something that's in my account. I could not go and, and withdraw something that is not present in the account. You know, they always check your account before they cash that withdrawal slip. And they'll tell you, you know, if, if you're asking for something that for whatever reason's not there, maybe something else hit the account you weren't expecting, and you say, well, uh, it, 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 this amount that you're asking for is not available at this time. And so you can't go asking for something that's not available in the account. You've got to ask according to what's available in the account. So Jesus said very emphatically here in Matthew 7, everyone that asks receives. But James chapter 4 identifies something that at first glance might appear like it is contradicting. But let's, let's investigate. James chapter 4 and verse 3. He said, you ask and receive not. Woo! We just read in red words, Jesus' own words, that if you ask, you will receive. But James says here, and the, they're both scripture, you ask and receive not, but then he's going to explain, because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your own lust. So you're asking for something that's not in the, in the account. You're trying to withdraw something that's not been deposited for you. And so you can't ask it. Like the girl trying to ask to marry my husband. That was not in her account. He was in my account and I already cashed in. She can, cannot withdraw from her account. Philip Steele is her husband. Hallelujah. <laughs> she was asking amiss. She was asking amiss. So that's why we've got to, uh, we've got to take the steps to find the scripture and then let that scripture build the faith in our heart as we ask. Now, same book. Let's back up to chapter 1 and let's also find another key in the asking. James 1 and verse 6 says, but let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Ask in faith. And that's why we want to take the time to allow the scripture to release the faith in our heart before we ask. Because if we ask 
without the confidence of faith. If we've got the vehicle of prayer, but no faith to put in the vehicle of prayer, then we've got an empty vehicle, right? And so he says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, which is very similar to what Jesus said, no thing doubting, not doubting in his heart, nothing wavering, not doubting in his heart. Let him ask in faith, not doubting in his heart, nothing wavering. And now we're going to see why. Because he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. It's not because God doesn't want that man or woman to receive. It's because they have moved. It says they're driven with the wind. They're tossed. They're no longer in the position where they once asked. They asked in this position. And so, okay, Father, I'm standing in faith. And I'm asking you based on this word. But then they were driven with the wind and they moved locations. And so even if the answer comes, they're not there. The answer's being sent, but they're not there. They can't receive it. That would be like you ordering from Amazon and then moving three times before the package gets there. And they're trying to find your forwarding address. Where do I forward it to? Where did you move? I mean, you ordered it. We sent it here. And, and they say, send it back. They're not here. Well, can I forward it? So if you order the petition, you send up the petition in faith, ask in faith, and don't waver because wavering moves you out of the position of receiving. So he says, ask, don't ask amiss, ask accurately, and ask in faith, because these are both uh, um, keys to effective asking. Asking works. Asking works. Asking in faith works. And in the same way that we've got to get skilled and be skilled and develop ourselves in the saying part of faith, We've got to recognize the legitimacy of the asking part of faith as well and recognize that this isn't, I'm just going to try to pray something and see if it works. When you begin to recognize your ability and capacity in prayer, prayer won't be the last option. Say, well, I guess we're just going to have to pray about that. <laughs> Wait, let's do that first. <laughs> let's move it up to the first, right? When you recognize the capacity in prayer, then you, the, it, there's a skill in it. There's a, a, um, a definite um, application to it. It's not just, okay, I'm going to pray about that. I'm going to, okay, Father, we're just coming to you. But no, we know, hey, I have the ear of the creator of the universe. He hears me. He hears me. And I can go to him. And if I will come to him in faith on the basis of his word, anything that he's already deposited in my account, made available in my covenant, I can receive it. And with this withdrawal slip, you know, I use this terminology to explain it because I've heard... Uh, different ministers 
explain how they would write out a petition. A petition, I mean, they would write it out like a grant writer writes out a grant to receive money from a foundation. They would write out their petition. They would say, Father, according to this scripture you said, and according to this scripture you said, and according to this scripture you said. I mean, you find that in Jehoshaphat's prayer in Second Chronicles. When he said, Lord, uh, you said that if we ever came under attack, that we could come before your altar and we could ask and that you would answer, you would hear from heaven, right? They were accessing the scriptural basis. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. They wrote out a petition of prayer. It says they all lifted up their voice, but then they prayed four scriptures before they got to stretch forth your hand to heal and, and with signs and wonders. They got them all from the Old Testament. They sat down and said, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna set our basis for prayer right here. And they had, for all of them to have lifted up their voice in line, perhaps they wrote it down and said, we're going to pray this verse, and we're going to pray this verse, and we're going to pray this verse, and, and we're going to remind God what he said in his word. Yes. And, and every person who has taken that seriousness in prayer, I heard Kenneth Copeland, he talked about it one time. Uh, of course, Jerry Savelle has a lot of videos you could look at the petition of prayer on his YouTube channel. Just go search YouTube, the petition of prayer. You'll see Jerry Savelle's comes up. But Kenneth Copeland taught him about it. And I've even read a book on, from Buddy Harrison about it. And uh, so when Brother Copeland, he said he sat down and he wrote it out. And it took him a couple of days to search the scriptures and to get the specifics. Because God was asking him to go on daily TV. And at the same time, asked, uh, putting this uh, in his heart about an airplane. I think he had just sewn one airplane and given his first airplane away. And God was... Uh, he was in need of an airplane to make all the assignments that he had and the, the schedule that he had. And so at the same time, God is telling him to go on daily TV. So he wrote out a prayer petition. And it took him a couple of days to gather all the scriptures and he got them all together and he wrote it all out. And he said, and then I went and I took a shower and I shaved and I put on my best suit because I'm not going in the presence of God to make this petition in my pajamas. Amen? It was so serious to him that he, uh, he, he put on his best suit, shaved, cleaned up, and before he went into the presence of the Lord to bring this petition to God. And the rest is history. He received exactly what he asked. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. So we want to ask accurately and we want to ask in faith. And having the scripture before the asking will protect you from both asking amiss and wavering. If you have the scripture and you've already studied it out and spent time with that scripture, interacting with that scripture, participating with that scripture, putting it in your heart, putting it in your mouth, before you ask, then you will protect yourself from asking amiss for a fleshly carnal reason, and you will protect yourself from asking and doubting after you ask. Amen? Amen. Praise God. We're going we're gonna to 
find a, a place to unhook from this because there's a lot for us uh, uh, in that, but I, I feel like this is what we need for tonight and we'll have more options and more opportunities in the future because we've got a full day tomorrow and I want you to get a good night's sleep. So Father, we're so thankful for how you have brought light to us, how you have, have saturated us with your presence and with your word. And Father, we take your word uh, as a treasure and we hide it in our heart and we are so thankful for what we've received this week. And Lord, as a minister in your position as shepherd is here, I ask you, Lord, to let this that has been brought to us this week be rooted and grounded in the hearts of every person. And Lord, that they would, that it would flourish, that it would be the miracle grow to the things that they're believing for and cause a flourishing and cause a, a, a momentum and a propelling in the realm of the Spirit for the things that they are believing you for and the things that they are walking in. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Did you receive tonight? Thank y'all for being here.